studying on faith, but um, we've just kind of added to that because faith is connected to so many other things. But um, So we started with faith, we went to authority, and then confession or our words, fasting, and then and healing. And then tonight, for all those that have participated in the Bible study or haven't, if you'd like to start participating, we're going to add renewing your mind to our Bible study. So um, for those of you that have been participating in the Bible study, that's something that we can um, add on. So last week we covered faith and authority quite a bit. We touched on confession a little bit. Um, and we're not talking about, when I say confession or our words, we're not talking about name, and, name it and claim it, but we're talking about saying the right things when you see or feel the wrong things. And like Pastor has said many times, I don't know why staring at this little phone is nerve-wracking, but it is. I'd much rather have people sitting here because you all know I'm not much on social distancing. I'm a hugger. I'm a firm believer in the 22nd hug, so just know when we are able to gather again, it's on. So even some of you non-hugging friends of mine, you might be ready for a hug by the time we get back together, I hope. If not, bear with me. So anyways, um, I want to touch a little bit more on confession um, and the words and our words tonight. And the first scripture I have, um, I'll try to go kind of slow in case you want to write these down, but is Proverbs 18.21, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it will eat the fruit thereof. Proverbs 13.3, and this is the New Living Translation, those who control their tongue will have a long life. Opening your mouth can ruin everything. Matthew 12, 37, for by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. There's so much power in our words, and if we watch what we're saying, so often we'll say, I'm scared to death, I'm so broke, I'm so sick, or my headache, or my anxiety, we claim all those things. So instead of saying, I'm scared, I'm broke, I'm sick, we should be saying, I haven't been given a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Amen. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. By Jesus' stripes, I am healed. So if we speak, if we speak the right words when we see the wrong thing, then that, it gets down into our heart. And our words set our boundary for our life. So instead of speaking fear, doubt, and unbelief on our lives, we need to speak life. So the next thing um, that I want to cover tonight is fasting. Not most of us probably, I would say those of, those of my family here, the ones that are here in this room, fasting is not something that we particularly like, but it's something that we get a lot of, a lot out of. Fasting is a sacrifice. Fasting quiets our flesh and helps us be more in tune with our spirit. And our pastor, Pastor Leonard, used to always call it king stomach. You have to quiet king stomach. And, and that's the truth because especially since we've been quarantined, I feel like all we do is eat. We eat and eat and eat, and so to think about fasting, we're going to need to fast when we get off this. We probably should be fasting while we're on it and quit eating so much, but um, it, pastor always used to call it king stomach, and it's when you try to fast, you realize your stomach's rumbling, and you know you, we have this in our mind that we're supposed to eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and some snacks in between, and for me, I like something sweet after dinner, and so we have these routines that we get into, but when we fast, we we cause our flesh to be quiet and we get more in tune with our spirit fasting intensifies our prayer life as we focus on God and his will instead of what our will is and fasting is between you and God so if we're fasting we don't broadcast to everybody else that we're fasting we don't tell other people we don't try to get um, reward or sympathy or whatever you want to say out of fasting sometimes um, you don't even have to say it people can just tell by your demeanor you're down in the dumps and your face is down and everything and they might know you're fasting and and if we fast and get people's attention, 
then that's the wrong, that's the wrong thing. We're supposed to, we're supposed to fast for it to be between us and God. And another thing that I have in my notes, and this is something that we struggle with, I struggle with really bad, is not to make it about the food. And since I'm the one that prepares the meals or don't prepare the meals or whatever, um, I tend to do that, especially if we do the Daniel fast. I think so much about what, am I, what do I need to buy, what do I need to prepare, what am I going to cook. And it just becomes so much about food that I lose some of, of, of what fasting is really about. So why do we fast? Jesus fasted, and he's our example. Paul, Moses, Daniel, Esther, Jehoshaphat, there's so many people in the Bible that fasted. And when you search, when we were, when we were doing the Bible study um, on fasting, there's not a lot of teaching about fasting in the Bible. It's more, they, they practice fasting. You've heard the stories of why they fasted or what they gained from fasting. So there are a lot of different kinds of fasts. Um, and if you're thinking about doing a fast, if you're new to fasting, I would encourage you to um, start small. Don't set yourself up for failure for a fast. Um, we've fasted before and got a lot out of fasting. And we did Daniel fast one time at Messenger, and there was a group of us that did it, and it was 21 days, and um, I did it, and it was great, and I gained so much out of it. I mean, it was a struggle, don't get me wrong, but, but I got so much out of it. And so shortly after, I decided that I was going to fast again. Um, and I was working at the time, and, and the girls and I usually went to lunch. And so it was a struggle. But um, So I decided I was going to fast again shortly after we'd come off the Daniel fast. And that very morning that I was going to fast, I ate a donut, so I felt like I failed God, and I traded God for a donut, so that was a really tough tough thing for me, but I kind of set myself up for it because I had just come off a fast, and I don't know that God necessarily was calling me to a fast. I just thought it would be a good idea, but pray about it and let and let God talk to you and, and give you revelation about the fast. But um, So there's an, inter, an intermittent fasting that you can skip a meal or say, I'm going to fast between these certain hours. There's an absolute fast that's only water. A partial fast where you eliminate just certain things. Um, the standard fast is you just drink water and you don't eat food. Some people, um, and we've, I, we had some people that did this when we were doing our Bible study, they'll fast television or Internet or Facebook or some type of thing like that. And they, they don't do that, that particular thing. And during that time that they would have usually been watching the a program on television or whatever, they, they dedicate that time to spend it with God. Um, and then there's also the Daniel fast, which is like that Daniel did in the Bible. It's no meat, most, mostly a vegetarian diet. So there's lots of different ways we can fast, um, and, and it's kind of up to each person. But it's, about, it's not so much about what type of fast you do, but why you're doing the fast, because there might be something particular that you're trying to get a hold of God about, or you're just trying to grow your relationship with God closer. So... But before you fast, pray about it. Be ready for it. Don't, um, like the Daniel fast, that takes preparation. You have to buy the right foods and things. So just don't set yourself up for failure if you plan to do a fast. The next thing that I want to touch on just a little bit tonight is healing. And there's so many scriptures and so many stories um, in the Bible about Jesus healing. And all the stories in the Bible, Jesus didn't heal some of the people, but he healed all of the people, everybody that came across, everybody that he went to heal or came to him to be healed, they were healed. It wasn't hit or miss. It was always. So if it wasn't God's will to heal, then Jesus wouldn't have been able to heal. And Jesus said before he left, greater things will we do than he did. So one of my favorite scriptures, and I've tried to study quite a bit about healing because there's just so much there and there's so much 
um, I, I, not that it's new to me at all and not that the scriptures are new to me, but it's just something that I feel like that I need to know more about. So one of my favorite scriptures is 1 Peter 2, 24, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sin, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. So it doesn't say you might be healed or you could be healed, but it says we already were healed. And I want everything that Jesus paid for me to have. And I know that he paid already for me to have healing. But um, one thing that I want to just share real quick, uh, a pastor that I listened to quite a bit, um, he shared a story. And, it, and I shared with our Bible study group, but I just want to share it with everybody because it really, it really put things in perspective for me. But he said that most of us growing up, the main thing that we were taught in children's church, Sunday schools, in church, whether you were a little kid or even older, was salvation. We've all learned about salvation. We all believe in salvation. We believe that Jesus died on the cross for us. We believe that if we ask for forgiveness of our sins, no matter what the sin is, no matter how big or small, that Jesus forgives us for our sin. So um, he said, he talked about if a man comes in off the street and he might be, you know, a rough looking guy and, you know, he's done some terrible things and he comes up to the front and says, you know, I want to give my life to God and I want Jesus to forgive me for my sins. And none of us would question if that was possible or if, you know, if, if that was God's will. Would, would that be God's will? Of course, we know that it's God's will. And so um, then the next person that comes in might be a guy who has one arm and his other arm is just a nub. And he comes up and says, I want you to pray for me that my arm grow out. And we'd all be sitting here going, uh, well, uh, okay. So, but think about it in this perspective. What if, what if we had grown up learning about healing at the same amount that we had learned about salvation? What if we knew that we knew that we knew that that was God's will? There was no question in our mind if it was God's will. And we knew that God could do it. And we knew that he could use us. So if this guy comes in with one arm in a church like this that's, that's been brought up learning as much about healing as salvation, this man comes up and he has one arm and he has a nub on the other side and he says, I want you to lay hands on me and pray that my arm grows, grows out. So if, if we had the kind of faith that we would have had growing up learning that, then we would lay hands and, boop, there goes the guy's arm. His arm popped out. Well, look at that. That's great. He's going to be able to throw the football farther. And So uh, that was pretty awesome, though, to make. And I, it made me think about that. We don't question salvation. We don't question that, that Jesus will forgive the sin no matter how big or small. But yet when it comes to healing, we think, well, is it God's will? Does he want to heal me? Of course he wants to heal you. Jesus didn't take those stripes and go through all that for us to be sick. But as we learned last week, he gave us, he gave us faith, he gave us authority, he gave us the power. So the ball's kind of in our court. We have to get a hold of this thing, and we have to learn about healing. We have to get it down inside of us and, and know that it belongs to us. So the next thing, um, I know I'm talking fast. I'm acting like my husband. The next thing that I want to um, talk about tonight, and I want to encourage you guys, um, whether you've been doing the faith is always great, all the things, the faith, authority, healing, um, confession, everything that we've talked about is so important. And it, and it intertwines with each other so much. And as we talk about renewing the mind tonight, you'll see that, and especially about confession because our words are so important, especially right now. And I heard a, a pastor say, um, faith cometh by hearing, but fear also cometh by hearing. And, and, and my husband, our pastor, has said multiple times, the person that you hear most throughout the day is yourself. And I forgot now how many words it is that we speak a day. 1,800, 18,000, something, a lot of words anyway. So all the words that we speak, when we talk, we hear it. And 
uh, Caleb said the other day when we recorded something, he was like, why does my voice sound so weird when I play it back? And we all think that. We, we think that it sounds weird because it, I guess it just sounds different to us when we hear it in our head. But everything that we say, we hear in addition to the, in the things that other people say. So it's so important to, to be careful to make a conscious effort of, of the things that we let come out of our mouth. So as far as renewing of the mind, that's something that I've had a lot of work on because um, from the time that I was a little kid, I guess, as far back as I could remember, I fought anxiety and worry, and I was a people pleaser, and I was an overthinker, and I worried about stuff all the time. And it, it I think, got worse as I got older, especially after I became a mom because I didn't just worry about me, but then I worried about my kids. And so um, I would worry you know, about paying the bills or somebody getting sick. So if there wasn't something going on for me to worry about, then I would worry about the what ifs. What if somebody got sick? Or what if I don't have enough money when this happens? Or what if, what if, what if? And what ifs can drive you crazy. And for all those who have ever um, fought anxiety, and let me just say this, don't call it my anxiety because we don't want to claim that on ourselves. That's not something that we want to have. Anxiety is the same as fear and and. The word says that we haven't been given a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And a sound mind is not an anxious mind. So we know that fear comes from Satan, and we don't want it. We don't want to claim it on ourselves. We don't want to call it ours. So you may have battled anxiety. You may be battling anxiety, but that's not what God wants for us. So um, anyways, it was, it was something that I knew. Well, I didn't realize, I guess, before as an adult I came to God and came into a relationship with God that I realized that this was something, you know, I just, as I hear a lot of people say, well, it's just how I am, or it's just how I was, but that doesn't mean that it's okay, or it doesn't mean that it's good, because anxiety um, is torture, because um, if you have, if you deal with anxiety, it, you get something on your mind, and you can't get it off your mind, and you go to bed thinking about it, you wake up thinking about it, you're sick to your stomach over thinking about it, so it's not a fun place to be, and God's will is for us to have peace. And peace and anxiety are two opposite things from each other. So um, I thought as I became an adult and I had a relationship with God, I started learning to renew my mind. I started learning to um, cast down that spirit of fear. And so I thought I was doing pretty good with it. And I, and I was as far as like the every, I didn't worry about the what ifs and what if somebody gets sick and all that. That was pretty well under control. And then a couple years ago, I went through a trial and um, that's really when your faith or your, uh, your renewing of your mind or whatever you've been working on, that's when it's tested is when you're going through a trial. So I thought I was in pretty good shape until this happened, and I was just like, wow, I'm not in as good a shape as I thought. So I had to make a conscious step. First I had to recognize it, you know, because it had been a while since I really fought anxiety. So it took me a second to be like, this is anxiety, and, and anxiety can build up until where it's a panic attack. And so I had to make a conscious effort to realize um, if you realize when anxiety is starting to rise up, if you stop it right then, stop it immediately instead of letting it build, because if you don't, it just builds and builds and builds, and then it gets insurmountable. But um, So I would pray, and I would have certain scriptures that I would have in my mind that I would start combating that. And one thing that I did, for it works very well for me, is um, podcasts. I would download podcasts about worry or fear or anxiety or just different things like that, whatever it was I was battling at the time. So anything that you can do that helps you, you just have to kind of try and fit what fits you best. But So how do we renew our mind? 
I made a visual for you because I'm a visual person. But more word and less world. And as I did this today, I thought there's only one letter difference between word and world. And of course, word is God's word. But if we put more of God's word in us and less of the world in us, then it goes so far in renewing our minds because especially right now with this pandemic and all that's going on in our world, if you spend too much time watching the news and hearing the reports, um, seeing the empty shelves at the grocery stores and knowing there's no toilet paper to be had and all the things that's going on in our world's just kind of turned upside down, that causes, I mean, I, I, I would suspect even for people who haven't fought anxiety, it probably brings up some anxiety. Jobs are on the line and, um, you know, we don't, a lot of people don't know how they're going to pay bills. And so anxiety is on the rise, maybe even depression. And so um, I think that this is a great time for us to work on renewing our mind. And so one of the things that I want to share with you guys tonight, I got this little book. I got one for me and for Katie, and it's called Scripture Confessions. And um, I don't know, it was about 12 bucks, and it's a little bitty book for 12 bucks, but man, it's really got some great stuff in it. I'm going to share with you. And one of the really nice things about it in the index, it's kind of broken down, and it has a part for renewing your mind. It has a part for um, walking in love. It talks about healing. It talks about finances. It talks about being a mom and dad. So whatever it is that, that you're working on renewing your mind in that particular area of your life, then it's got the scriptures right there for you, and it's got a confession for you. But I want to share what, with you what it says about renewing my mind, and then we'll break it down just a little bit. And if you guys are interested in this, feel free to contact me later, and I'll, I'll let you know where I got this one. I'm sure there's probably others, but it says, Renewing my mind. I dedicate myself to renewing my mind by reading, meditating, and speaking God's word. It is my desire to keep my mind pure and clear from anything that would hurt or weaken me spiritually. I think on things that are pure, lovely, just, of a good report, virtuous, and praiseworthy. I choose to think about good things. I refuse thoughts that are inappropriate. I cast down vain imaginations. I will not let doubt, worry, or fear pollute my mind. I will be quick to respond to wrong thoughts and desires by replacing them with proper thoughts and by speaking God's word over my life. I refuse to fill my mind with the poison of gossip, backbiting, or jealousy. I will guard and protect my mind by not watching, reading, or listening to anything that is not pleasing to the Lord. I make a quality decision to meditate on God's word and to take my to keep my mind pure and undefiled, that I might be receptive to God's voice and ever ready to do his will. I consecrate my mind and will and my emotions to God for his service. And then the first scripture it gives is Romans 12:2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove that, that what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Then it gives Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. 2 Corinthians 10.5, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing in, into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So if you notice when I read the scriptures, a lot of the confession that, I, that it gave in the first part is kind of reiterating those scriptures. So that's what you want to make sure, whether you get this book or if you want to do it or just write it up yourself or however, that you're confessing God's word over your life. So um, it talked about reading and meditating and speaking God's word. So any of that, you can read the Bible. For me personally, especially right now with all the kids home, it's a struggle. 
if I can if I can happen to get up before they get up, um, I don't usually stay up later than they stay up because I can't outweigh them. But um, if I get up before they get up, then I then I try to take some time and read the Bible. And if you have a study Bible, that's even better because it gives you cross references and kind of explains things. But one of the things that works really well for me, and like I said, you just have to kind of figure this out what works best in, in your life. But I do a lot of podcasts, and I have my earbuds. And then if the kids are yelling or squawking or whatever's going on, I can put my earbuds in and just drown everything out, and I get it that way. A lot of times, especially, there were a few days that I listened to the news and, and the stories and stuff, and it just it got too much. I couldn't even sleep, and so I put the headphones in with a podcast going, and I fell asleep like that. And then, then I knew that I had to weed it out. I had to you know watch once in a while, so it kind of was updated on what's going on. But not put too much of that in because... It just, it, it can cause fear and anxiety to come up. But another great resource that we have right now, since the churches aren't able to meet, most, I mean, I know the churches in our district for sure, and I think most of the churches are live streaming. So if this is your home church, you know, we would appreciate that you watch us when we have our service times and participate in the service with us. But throughout the day, check out some of our other churches. I, I, I feel like it's been a great opportunity Pastor and I have said many times we'd like to go to visit this church or visit that church, but all of our churches meet at the same time usually, and so we don't have that opportunity. But this is a great chance for us to, to look at some of our sister churches. Their live streams, you know, you can always play those later. So podcasts, read in your Bible, meditate on it. Get a scripture that works. You know, it's, it's, there's so many that are easy enough to remember, and if you meditate on it, you're just mulling it over and over and over. And ask God to give you revelation on it and make it real to you. Another part that I want to talk about is casting down thoughts and imaginations, and you have to do that immediately. When that thought comes, the devil comes against our mind with a thought, and Pastor did a sermon one time called It All Starts With a Thought, and it does. We don't get up and go to the refrigerator without thinking, mm, I'd like to have something to eat. If we don't, you know, I'm sure, I don't know a lot about addiction, but I'm sure that, that comes with a thought. You know, whatever it is, we think about it before we act on it, so... If something comes in our mind that's causing fear or anxiety or, or causing us to sin or whatever, we have to cast it down immediately, and we have the authority to do that. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I rebuke this thought from my mind. You get away from me, devil. I'm not going to fall into this and just start qu quoting God's word. Whatever the scripture, there's a lot of really easy, be anxious for nothing and said pray. Um, I've taught my kids the, uh, I don't have a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind, and we quote that often, but there's so many scriptures, whatever it is that you're dealing with, if you're, if you're worrying about finances right now, um, what, greater is he who is in me than he that's in the world. I mean, we think about the coronavirus, and there's this big, big scary virus going around in this um, invisible enemy, they call it, but we have God living inside of us, yeah. so that's greater than any virus or any other thing that could come across against us. So, so we have the power and the authority to cast those thoughts down. Make a conscious decision to recognize it and be ready to combat it. So if you've battled anxiety in the past um, or overthinking or depression or any of that, you have to come to a point. I, I went through a period of depression for two or three years after my parents died. And that's I had had anxiety, but I had never experienced depression. And so I didn't even realize it. I didn't even realize that that was what was happening to me for the longest time. And then when I did realize it, I was like, I, I couldn't even believe that it happened, that, that I had let myself go there or whatever, but it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen just one time. It doesn't happen one day. It's, it's a gradual thing. So 
now that I've come through that depression and I've come through anxiety, now I recognize it more. But sometimes just it'll be a thought here or a thought there, and I might not recognize it at first, and, and then I feel myself becoming anxious. And so now I'm, I'm more prepared, and I have those scriptures memorized, and I'm, I'm ready to combat whatever the devil's trying to throw at me because it's, it's him that's jacking with my mind. I know that. So lately I've heard a lot of people saying, um, I've heard one doctor say this and another doctor say that, and the media says this and the government says that, and I just don't know what's true. Well, I want to tell you tonight, there's one thing that I can tell you for sure that's true, and that's God's word, and it's true all the time, every time, any time. So I just want to put out a challenge to you this week to dig into the world. Not don't, don't dig into the world. Dig into the word. Let me remind you, more word, less world. Dig into the word this week. And make a conscious effort to practice renewing your mind. Make a conscious effort to realize when that anxiety flares up or when fear flares up on you. Make a conscious effort to realize what it is, to rebuke those thoughts and imaginations, to cast them down in the name of Jesus. We don't have power in ourselves, but we have, we have power in his name. So if we cast those thoughts down in the name of Jesus and we combat them with the word, just I, I want to challenge you to make an effort to do that this week, to make an effort to renew your mind. And see what a difference it makes. I mean, if you just do it for one week and you see what a difference it makes, I can guarantee you that it's going to change your life enough that you're going to want to do it more and more and more. In every area of your life, in every area of your life right now, there's so many areas that the devil's combating us right now. But in every area of our life, if you put God's word on it, I can promise you that you're going to see a difference and you're going to have more peace than you've had. If we can, I'll go ahead and close in prayer. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to come together. Father, even if we're not with each other in person, Lord, we're with each other in spirit, Lord, and we just thank you for the technology that allows that to happen. Lord, we thank you for your word, Lord, that no matter where we are, that your word is true, your word is always true, Father, and we can share it with each other, Lord, that we can, we have more time on our hands probably now than we've had, Lord, and just let us, let us use this time productively, Father, to grow closer to you, Lord, to let our relationship with you be number one in our lives, Father. Lord, I just ask you to help us all to work this week on renewing our mind. Lord, that fear not be a part of our life. We thank you that we don't have a spirit of fear, Lord. We thank you for the power and the love and the sound mind that you've given, us, given to us, Father, for all the promises that you've given to us, Lord. We thank you that no matter what's going on in our world, Lord, we've read the back of the book and we know that we win, Lord. So we thank you for that, Father. We praise you for it in advance, Lord. Lord, I just pray a hedge of protection over all of our families, Lord, that you keep us safe from harm. Give us wisdom, Father, to do the things that we can do, Lord. And then let us rest in your peace of knowing, Lord, that we're covered in your hedge of protection, Father. Lord, we pray all these things in your name. Amen. I love you all. See you later.